And there it is, Knights advance to another grand final with a 3-1 win over Penn Power. And you can see an embrace from Taki DeVita and Ante Poliak. It's two of the goal scorers, but it was Max Brown who opened proceedings in the 22nd minute. DeVita from the penalty spot in the 53rd and Ante Poliak just after half time as well. So just like it was in 2019, it will be Gold Coast Knights against, against Olympic in the NPL Grand Final. We will see you at Perry Park next Saturday night. I'm James Coglin. This has been a production for Double Take Sports for Football Queensland. We'll see you later. And now over to Scott and Adam with the NPL Sunday Night Show. Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I think you're gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And thank you to James for that fancy introduction there. Welcome to the of the Brisbane Footballers NPL Summer Show, this special Father's edition of the show. It's Scott and Adam as usual. Adam, how are you? I'm good, yeah, and uh, Sherry Simmons, and uh, happy Father's Day to all the uh, football fathers out there, and just fathers in general. Uh, we've had a very, very, very big weekend of football, and uh, like, quite frankly, I'm exhausted. Here, here, happy Father's to everyone, every every dad out there. Well, has been a massive week of MPL, FQPL semi-finals, Kappa Women's Super Cup, a couple of catch-up games, and the national team in town. We'll get through all of that in the coming 45 minutes. So we'll start, however, with the MPL men's semi-finals, Adam, and we'll go back in most recent order. We'll get to the Saturday game after that. So it was Gold Coast Knights hosting Peninsula Power down on the Gold Coast at the Croatian Sports Center. It was a 3-1 win for the home side. Goals from Max Brown in the 22nd minute. Ante Poliak just after halftime, and Pascal Devite finished off the contest in the 53rd minute from the penalty spot. Sam Cronin did get a goal back for the power, but it wasn't to be, Adam, and this was a pretty good performance from a Gold Coast Knights who, coming into the final series, we were questioning their form, but they look like they're right back to their best at just the right time. Yeah, it looks like uh, a bit of a bit of soul searching. Uh, they sort of lost two on the bounce coming into the finals, but uh, yeah, look, they they proved the old adage of uh, semi-finals football is it's a, it's a new season. They, they come out refreshed. Um, a very very uh, I guess fortuitous goal uh, by Max Brown uh, early on, which set, which set the game apart after a very tight start. Actually, you could almost argue potential power had a, should have had a couple of chances to. Um, yeah, you know, to to take the control of the game, but uh, yeah, it's he who takes the opportunity. And Max Brown, you know, who has you know scored a sixth goal against Mitchell Power all time, uh, who's uh, set, set the uh, same final light. Absolutely, Max Brown has been known to score a lot of goals for Gold Coast Knights. He's one of the top scorers for them since they've joined the MPL. They're really crucial goals from midfield. And he's done it once again tonight to get the get the um the game started for the Knights. But the goal right after half time, I think that was. The real backbreak of a peninsula power wasn't they just after they'd gone to the changes probably got some ideas of how they were going to try and get themselves back into the game we know how resilient they've been through their australia cup run recently but that goal right after the halftime break from their former player ante poliak a mid-season transfer between the two clubs that 
that really did break the back of power, didn't it? I know they considered the third not long after, but that seemed like the one that really, really, just really hurt them. Yeah, that was that was probably the if it wasn't the knockout punch, uh, it was a standing eight count because uh, a great. Great fish for Ante Poliak. Uh, this fed by Tyson Martin, um, you know, with a with a great cross. And yeah, this was this. You, you sort of have the feeling if Peninsula Power could you know, gain some ascendancy early on in the second half, perhaps get that get that goal. Uh, they, they they certainly if they level up at one all, that maybe that you know it becomes a whole new ball game. But that uh, that goal, you know, 120 seconds into the second half, that really pushed them back on their heels. And then uh, the the penalty, which was it, was eventually converted by uh, Pasquale Davida at three nil after 50 50 something minutes. Uh, that that you know realistically it was game over. As I said, Sam Cronin got a got a consolation goal with about 20 to go, but. Uh, Gold Coast Knights, they looked uh, home and hose just after half time. You know, one of my favourite games is penalty or no penalty. In this case, I think it was pretty pretty clear it was actually a penalty. Yeah. Wasn't. There's not much debate about this one. There was another one in another game earlier in the weekend, which we'll get to as well. But this one, there was no doubt about whatsoever. Yeah, no, it was a real sort of rash challenge, you know, sort of almost a hint of frustration um, there. And yeah, look, it's a very, very easy decision for the referee to make. And I don't think there's too many complaints. No, I don't think so. And that made it 3-0 to Gold Coast Knights 10 minutes into the second half. And at that point, it was a, a real mountain for Peninsula Power to try and climb to get back into it. They did get a goal back from Sam Cronin. Really nice ball through from Josh Woolley to set him up. And Sam Cronin's had a really nice second half of the season. And it was a good finish for him. But it just wasn't to be for Peninsula Power. They did, they did push forward. They were trying to create openings. But a bit like their Australia Cup game against Sydney United, they just weren't able to get those moments in the front third that go that they had got in previous weeks, and it just was a bit of a flat end for them, unfortunately. Yeah, look, it, 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 to use a horse racing parlon, um, it, it really felt like Peninsula Power, they probably won or two games uh too many in this in this preparation. Uh, you could tell, you could tell that while while they were in the game, they they were they were flying, you know, they, they were really sort of pushing hard. But yeah, a couple a couple of setbacks, and yeah, sort of especially when they were three 0 down, you you felt that if they got one goal back. Uh, especially at the time that Cronin did score, he thought, you know, maybe a second or a third. But uh, look, credit to Gold Coast Knights. They, they sort of go, after they can see, they sort of rose the chance and said, you know what, we need to take control of the game. It did actually get frustrating for potential power in a, in a way, uh, a bit of, a bit of um, how do you do with about five minutes to go that saw, saw Josh Woolley uh, got, you know, a bit shown a straight red for pretty much a shove in the face of Pasquale Davida. Um, I was going to ask you about this because this really did blow up in the last five minutes. Yeah. Like once the game was pretty much decided, Peninsula Power did they did get a bit physical, trying to get maybe a bit of desperation trying to get back into the game. You mentioned Josh Woolley was sent off. There were yep. a handful of yellow cards as well. It was On a both sides, yeah. It was a bit of an unsavory way to end the game. A bit of spices. And you probably should expect it actually, given the history of these two sides. But this is the fourth time they've played this year. They met in the Australia Cup as well. Two, two pretty tight league contests, and this is a really important game for both. So it's not too surprising there's a bit of spice in it, but it did boil over towards the end. It did, and look, and, that, and that's, you know, that was to be expected, I think, at the end of the day. These are, like, so these are two teams that, you know, like I said, that this is the fourth meeting. Uh, those, those, those three meetings were very, very tight as well. The, the cup game was only really decided late on. And, uh, yeah, look, it's a bit of uh, frustration balled over. Uh, yeah, look, Josh, Josh Woolley, uh, I dare say that he may have a delayed start to next season. Uh, I, I can see that red card being deemed as, you know, violent conduct with, you know, a shove to the face of the Vita, you know, like I said, he 
for what it's worth, I think the beat had maybe played it up a bit uh, and probably, you know, got got Woolley sent off. But again, you know, it's a big no-no, hands to the face. And also, so I was a bit concerned about, you know, Brenton Fox as well. When the was down, down rolling around, you know, and look, you caught what you want, you know, whether he was, you know, play acting or whether it's legitimately, you know, hurt in the face or anything like that. I really do not like seeing players taking the law in their own hands and picking up players, trying to get whether it's time waste or not. That's for the referee to decide. And I think Brendan Fox is very, very lucky to um to just you know start on the pitch on that. Also as well, DeVita and I think Tyson Martin also for Gold Coast Knights got a yellow card, I think late as well, you know, for their parts. Because it did sort of um sort of did ca- sort of cap off you know, what was you know, a very competitive game on the pitch and a bit of frustration and you know blowing off some steam late, which is not the worst thing, but yeah, I think I think the reflection did quite well actually to to disarm that situation. Yeah, there's probably a couple of players who might have been a little bit fortunate, but that it was what it was. The other thing to talk about out of this game was an injury early in the first half for Jaden Walker, the right back for mm. Gold Coast. I was looking ahead to next week now. We don't know what it's happened and how serious it is, but if he is potentially unavailable, that's a, a big loss for Scott McDonald's side given the experience that Jaden Walker has on the big stage and also the quality he brings, he's had an outstanding season at the back and he would be a loss if he's if he's unavailable. Uh, look, Jaden Walker's one of the best fullbacks in, in the league. Uh, you, like I said, you, you know, Luke Beckwith, who deputised for the majority of the game, he, he had a very, very good game. Um, but uh, yeah, look, you can't, it's very, very hard to replace a, an experience and quality of Jaden Walker. So I hopefully for Gold Coast Knights' sake, uh, hopefully that it was just precautionary that you know, he gets through it and you know gets up for the grand final on Saturday night. Absolutely. We hope that Jaden Walker will be there for Gold Coast Knights on Saturday night in a matchup which we'll see them take on Olympic FC, Adam, as they picked up a 3-2 win at Lions FC on Saturday night in semi-final one of the NPL Queensland. It was a 3-2 win, as I mentioned. Goals from Shannon Brady in the 29th minute, Takara Ricarda in the 49th minute, and then Zach Kierpel in the 91st minute. A sensational late winner to give Olympic the win there. Goals from Alex Fechner and Andy Pangeli for Lions in consolation. This was everything we expected of these two sides and more, wasn't it? It wasn't more. Every single time these two sides play in the last five years, it's been absolutely engrossing to watch. And this was another another chapter in what's been an amazing rivalry. Oh, look, it, it, we, we keep on saying this is the rivalry of the league. And it once again uh, did not did not fail to deliver. It it was an extraordinary game which could have gone either way. Uh, and like I said, capped off with late drama with a, a late winner scored by by Zach Kipar, which look I believe I'm I'm unabashedly a fan of his. Yeah, you know, have have been since yeah you know, he broke in in um into the league on day one, which ironically his debut was a couple of a couple of goals from Morton Bay against Olympic. Uh, but look, I think for those you know, 30 or 40 goals, I haven't got the the exact figure how many goals he has scored at senior level. Uh, but this one was probably the one that, you know, that Zach Kipal has arrived in this league because that is a clutch, a clutch goal in a, in a monumental game. And like I said, Olympic off to their fifth grand final in a row, which, uh, which is, you know, irrespective of what the result is next week. Uh, it's like I said, it is a monumental achievement for Ben Khan and, and his entire squad. Now, a lot of that squad has been intact for pretty much for the five seasons that they uh, they have reached the, um, the the grand final. It was Zach Kierpel's 15th goal of the season for Olympic, and no doubt it's the most significant of those, without a doubt. In terms of the way the game 
went at them. Olympic, they were really solid defensively. Well, they were clearly very well organized and structured, had a very clear plan of the way they wanted to try and nullify Lions. Given it was very different what we'd seen from the previous two meetings this year, where there was a lot of space for Lions, particularly in the midfield. Joey Duckworth ran the show in both of those games. He wasn't able to have as much of an influence this weekend, but it seemed like Olympics certainly did, did change something in their their approach to stopping Lions, and it seemed to have some effect, although Lions did still score twice. Yeah, look, it's important. You know, we watched the game live yesterday at uh, the Gold Line that uh, – that, yeah, that uh, it seemed like that they learnt from their lessons. I know we've been critical on the two previous uh, meetings where pretty much Joe Duckworth was allowed to you know, roam, you know, pretty much you know, vertically as far as you know, pair, pair training into and passing through sort of the lanes against the uh, Olympic defence. In this match, it seemed to have they, it seemed to have made him more sort of you know just go, you know, just go laterally from you know, horizontally from left left to right and really didn't get that penetration uh, that you know, we've seen in the previous game. He still had a marked effect on the game. Don't, 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 don't um, get me wrong for a second, but that, that freedom that he did, he had, he had to rush a little bit more than that. They, they sort of make, made him play. And I think that was, you know, one step where, you know, the, that Olympic actually closed the gap on lines in this, in this matchup. Yeah, there were players much closer to him in this game than they had been in previous encounters. I think it did make a big difference. And, with Olympic, we know they've got a lot of really good, tr- quick, tricky attacking players, and they were able to c- find some space and create openings against Lions again on Saturday night. And again, Takara Carter and Shannon Brady in particular, they had really good impacts. Brady's got a goal and an assist. Carter got himself on the score sheet as well. So the attacking players that Ben Carter's brought in there at Olympic, they, act, they had a really good impact as well. In terms of not just the goals they scored, the way they stretched the Lions' defence as well. Oh look, uh, Shannon Brady has had an outstanding season. Probably, probably his best uh, in in the NPL since since he uh, he left uh, the left the Raw a couple of years ago, and he he has, he has played a number of seasons at this level. But this this has clearly been his best season. Um, uh, he he so he certainly have, has grown now in stature, and he was just an omnipresent threat all all game long. You know, coming off off the right, and uh, look his combinations with you know with Daniel Leck, Kosasaros as well. You know, he he was handy before before the change was made for Kipal to come on as that impact player. But yeah, look, uh, it it makes you wonder how this this Olympic side were had not won in five matches leading up in this. It's it, no, like, I know that obviously they had a 14 day break since they, they lost four nil to sunshine coast, uh, albeit a weakened, uh, a weakened and rotated side in the last round. But like I said, some of those, those losses and draws before that were you know, inexplicable for a side that has got the amount of talent that Olympic did. But I uh, look, the the good the good Olympic that we all know showed up last night. Lions as always, you know, yeah, you know, they they are they let's like I said they would be uh, be a little bit disappointed that they didn't reach, but look they they won they won the league by by four four clear wins, so that that showed that they're dominant. They 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 were good, they were good. Just Olympic took their chance in the first minute, and yeah, you know, and like I said, it's not a case of Lions lost semi final. Olympic won it, and that's why they got the golden ticket through to uh, grand final uh, next Saturday night. See, one last thing on Olympic before we do get onto Lions briefly. The penalty midway, early in the second half, which was uh, saved very nicely from Lockie Hunter. This was, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a soft one, wasn't it? There was probably contact there and you can see why it was given, but it was certainly in the, in the soft category. And it was a really nice save from Lockie Hunter, who found himself out of the side at a certain point in this season. He got himself back in towards the end of the year and he certainly made a 
massive contribution for Olympic on Saturday night. Absolutely, yeah. This is um, probably one of Lockie Hunter's finest games. Yeah, you're right. It, he did he did spend some time on uh, the bench uh, with uh, Brandon Kumanao starting, starting, but he obviously has won that spot back, and he did not disappoint. Uh, yeah, like I said, a, a number a number of good strong saves, as well as that that penalty save as well. So look, uh, he he did. Well, Danny Driver as well. He has had an outstanding season uh, as centre back as well. He he made a number of key sort of tackles, and I, and I think he did clear one off the line early, or made a, a crunching tackle, you know, to, to pretty much uh, save save it early on. So yeah, look, uh, the Olympic they, they they showed up when they needed to. Uh, they, they they obviously they they wanted they wanted it badly and like so they're going to get a chance to you know except five grand falls in a row outstanding ach- achievement for them it's a fantastic and we'll have to see if they can get over the line next weekend with lions they've been in these positions so many times over the last four or five years adam so many late winners great moments as a club it was probably law of averages at some point something was going to go against them and last night happened to be that but your point earlier it wasn't that they played poorly they just got beaten on the night yeah yeah, absolutely. Just, I, like I said, there would be there'd be um, natural disappointment, but if you look at it as a whole, uh, they have been they have been the dominant team over you know since the, since the season started. Look, they're not going to go to the grand final, but uh, that, that that should not uh, that should not sort of you know sort of I guess you know cheapen the, their achievements this season. It's been another great season for Lions. And speaking of achievements as well. Uh, also point point out and congratulate Alex Fechner on being named our most valuable player for MPL Queensland. And realistically, there wasn't really much uh, there wasn't really much doubt on this one. He's had a fantastic season, and he obviously uh, was crowned the uh, Golden Boot winner. Absolutely, he was probably a two horse race with one of his with his teammate in the midfield there, Joey Duck was probably the two standout players there. But he did win the Brisbane Football View Player of the Year for twenty. 22 on the NPL Mentos. And congratulations to Alex. We presented that to him before the game on Saturday night. And after the game, we with the head coach Olympic Ben Carnes. That's what Ben had to say after his side progressed 3 2 over the Lions to a fifth straight grand final. We'll be back right after this. I do want to coach Olympic Ben Carnes. Ben, 3 2 winners here over the Lions into the grand final once again. You must be really pleased with that performance on your side. Really, really composed performance and finished it at the end there as well. Yeah, look, it was a massive night. Um, obviously, we're. Um, we're now accustomed to our our massive nights against Lions over the years, and it's um, it's a good feeling to to come away from here having won one. You mentioned a lot of big nights against Lions. This must be at the top of the list for you in terms of getting a result over. Uh, yeah, look, it was semi-final in 2019. Uh, we played them at Peninsula. That was a great night as well. We were one 0 down there, um, came back and won two one. But yeah, tonight was special at, at their ground and. The, uh, the determination and the fight that the boys showed was, was absolutely outstanding and you know, t- tactically we worked really hard in the week to, um, to give ourselves a, a chance to come away from here with something and, and it worked out. So you were working on things tactically, defensively, but in terms of the um, going, going to extra time, what were you thinking going into the last couple of minutes? Do you think it was going to extra time or you said you had the bit of momentum to get the winner? Um, look, uh, the way they, they, they really opened up um, to try and chase the win. Um, they, they, changed, they changed their shape and, and went a little bit more aggressive um, in that last five minutes and we, we identified that we would probably get one opportunity to create something and uh, obviously half of you is preparing for extra time because you know, it's, it's 2-2 and it's tense but uh, yeah, there was that bit of belief that we could get something against them, yeah, sure. 
And yeah, it's a really nice support behind the goal tonight. It must be really pleasing to see the, the supporters come out and support you tonight. Yeah, it's um, you know it's, we we know that big games for Olympic, um, you know they, we we always have great support and it's um, yeah, it make, you know it makes it that extra that, that extra bit special to uh, to do it for people that care and are passionate about the club and it's um, yeah it's it's uh, a massive lift when the game gets difficult. You know I know that when the players can hear them, it's uh, it's quite unique at this level and uh, yeah it's great to do it for great to do it for them and hopefully they can come out in big numbers next week. I know they haven't gone your way in the past. Do you think the grandfather experience you have got? might help you going into this week coming up? Uh, look, I'm sure I'm going to get asked um, numerous times in the coming week about my grand final experiences. And um, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I, you know, I can tell you honestly, I'm absolutely content with what we've done in the last five years. Five grand finals in five years is a hell of an achievement, and um, we, we've, you know, we've we've had our fair share of misfortune in in the grand finals. I think, you know, three of the four we've we've been hurt by by ma- major refereeing decisions and. Uh, we'll prepare. We'll prepare um, thoroughly this week, and, and hopefully we're the ones that get a bit of luck next week, and we'll, we'll hope for a different result. Hopefully, it's finally a bit of a scouting trip tomorrow down the Gold Coast. Uh, yeah, look, it's 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 worked out. It's worked out um, with their game being postponed. That we'll probably be able to get down and have a look. So, yeah. good luck next week in the grand final. Thanks very much. Yes, thank you. And thank you to Ben Khan for his time out there at Lions Stadium on Saturday night. Adam, we'll look ahead now to the NPL Queensland final of 2022. And there's a rematch of 2019 between these two sides, which did end Gold Coast Knights 2, Olympic FC 1. And it was a fantastic atmosphere at Parc de Paris on that night in 2019. I'm sure this coming weekend will be absolutely no different. Oh, look, this is the one thing that, you know, uh, that I that I'm looking for the most is going to be a cracking atmosphere like 2019. That was something. Um, I, I reckon both both uh, sets of fans as well. They would have felt some point, especially in the last month or so, that they would have forgotten. No, the forgotten teams that, that their teams were sort of you know out of form, and like I said, you know, one, it's funny how a week changes in in football, and uh, yeah, like a very very enthusiastic crowd at um at. Uh, Lion Stadium last night for Olympic, and you, and you can bet look the Croatians always travelled, and I saw a little we saw a little sample of it, you know, at, you know at uh, AJ Kelly last last Sunday when you know obviously the Croatians were supporting uh, Sydney United, and you can bet that they'll be making a trip to the Parc de Paris on uh, Saturday night to support uh, the the uh, the local Croatian outfit being Gold Coast Knights. So after the um, celebrations at full time at the Gold Line on Saturday night, having having beaten the Lions, if they do happen to win on Saturday night in the grand final, I would very intrigued to see what ha- what reaction the Olympic fans have given the way they celebrate the semi-final and what they've gone. So that would be very, very interesting to see what happens there. But in terms of the on-field matters, though, these two sides have met twice this year, and it is actually advantage Olympic. In round 10, it was a 4-1 win at Goodwin Park over the Gold Coast Knights. Um, two goals from the now-departed Keegan Yelichich. He's now over in the West with Perth Glory. Daniel Leck and Shannon Brady also on the score sheet for the for Olympic in that one. Luke Beckwith for for Knights, just for the record. And in round 21, more recently, it was a two-all draw down at the Croatian Sports Centre in that game. Adam and an equaliser in the 60th minute from Takaro Akata got Olympic a share of the points in that one. So four points out of six for Olympic this year. And they played, they played pretty well in that game at Goodwin Park, if I recall, because we were there watching that one. One, um, what are your thoughts on the matchup as a whole between these two sides? 
look, given that they were both games were sort of you know a bit of time has passed. Obviously, the game at Goodwin Park, yeah, that that was that was all that was all Olympic. They they were just you know yeah they were at their very very best. So I said Keegan Yelchich, obviously, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure that was the game that pretty much before he was picked up by Perth Glory. So it, was it right might around be, that time, wasn't it, it? It was. I'm sure it was in the works, but yeah, you know, that was one of his last games. Uh, for Olympic, he was sensational that night. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, look, I think Gold Coast Knights they were sort of a bit a bit down. The game at um, at uh, Croatia Sports Centre, I think, was a, was a lot tighter. But look, my my general rule is that you know form counts for nothing coming into into a grand final, especially given the run of form leading up to this weekend semifinals for both these sides. Um, look, it's going to be a case of reset and. Whoever takes the opportunities and whoever wants it more, yeah, is going to be lifting a trophy uh, at you know at, at some time around 10 o'clock next Saturday night. Absolutely, and also on the score sheet that night for Olympic was Mitch Nichols made the mid-season transfer from Knights. Something unfortunately he will not be available given he has been missed the last few games with an injury. So that's a bit of an unfortunate blow for Olympic, but. It's. I think this is a really fascinating matchup between those two sides. I mean, you mentioned they are two sides which have kind of come into the finals with a bit of question marks over their form. This weekend, they both certainly dispelled that and proven that in no uncertain terms that they are still right here in the fight amongst the big four. And they've vanquished the other half of it. And they are there on the, the final day once again. I'll be intrigued because, like I said, they haven't had the greatest of form over the last four, five, six weeks, probably to both clubs and coaches' own admission. I think it could very well come down to who bounces back from this weekend the best that can actually produce a follow-up performance once again on Saturday night that ends up winning the trophy. And I imagine that'll be what both will be looking for this week is now, okay, this was really good, but we've got to continue this on now. It can't be going back to the inconsistencies of the last month. I think that might be the, the biggest focus for both these sides this week. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, I think it's it's a case of, yeah, whatever whatever was achieved uh, in the last uh, 24 hours for both these sides, forget it, move on. You know, it comes to, it's a brand new 90 minutes, maybe even more, uh, come, coming on on a Saturday night. Look, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if this game goes right to the penalties, uh, for for for, be, for better or worse. You know, either out of ultra-conservatism or both seem just absolutely just go slug it out for you know, 90 to 120 minutes. So I, I just think, yeah, that form, form will count for nothing. I think it, it's going to be more the tangibles, intangibles such as, you know, taking their opportunities, who takes more, and look, look let's hope it doesn't come to this, but it could be, you know, a decision or two that you know, goes for or against and how they how they react to that. That could be the difference in, in, you know, in a grand final, which, which is pretty much, you know, standard for, you know, we'll talk about all three men's grand finals at some point tonight. I think they almost all come into that. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not anything like that. Hopefully it is some great football at the sides. And I won't get your tip, Adam, because I think it's fair to say that we just we hope it's going to be an outstanding occasion for Queensland football and may the best team win. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it'd be, it'd be foolish to try and tip a winner. Uh, look again, again. It could be one moment of brilliance, or one moment of absolute madness that could decide this. And they're the end for my for mine. They're the best type of games to go into. Absolutely. So we will now move on to FQPL one on the men's side, but we also have a grand final decided. We'll go back to Saturday night for the first semi-final between Redlands United and Southwest Queensland Thunder. And this was a game, Adam, which the um, 
Redlands United so put to bed pretty early on, didn't they? Didn't they? They went three goals up early on in this matchup. So I get the goal score from. They got an own goal from from early on there to give them on their way. Then Dylan Brent's for half time with a header from a corner made it two. Then James Bonomi, a fantastic free kick, made it three for for Redlands just on um, just before the hour mark. And there was a late goal back from South East Queensland Thunder. But this was a pretty similar kind of game to the. NPL semi-final between Gold Coast and Peninsula Power, where the home side were really good and got themselves out, got themselves out to a commanding lead, and the visitors were not able to to come back. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Look, Redlands, uh, very very solid team. We've said all season they they are premiers, uh, deserving premiers for a reason. And this it seems as though the premiership party hasn't really affected them. It, it, that uh, Graham Harvey has been able to you know, focus his team back to say, "Go, what job's not done," because this is a very very professional performance uh, from this side. They they put it to bed they put it to bed really early. Like the own goal was uh, was quite unfortunate. Uh, for uh, for Jordan Howard uh, to get a deflection off, but yeah, even from that point, uh, yeah, when Dylan Brent scored the second goal, that was pretty much it. As you said, a brilliant free kick from James Bonomi. But uh, yeah, look, uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder, they they they've also you know been in uh, playing grand finals the last the two grand finals previous to to this. Uh, they fall one one match short this time. Uh, still a very good year from South West Queensland up on the range, and I'm sure they'll be a very strong force in FQPL1 again next year. The second semi-final was this evening. I had it Underwood Park between Rochelle Rovers and Brisbane Strikers, and this was, at half-time, this was absolutely dom- domination from Rochelle Rovers. So it was 4-0 at half-time next to goals. Ole Dikakinde in the sixth minute, Greg Cheshire in the 20th, Sam Rigard the 31st, and Marek Madley, the 34th. So all four of the for the um, Rota Rose, I beg your pardon, attackers got themselves on the score sheet uh, by the halftime mark. And Ethan Grimley did get a goal back for the strikers early in the second half. He thought maybe could some finals madness be on, but that's as that's as good as it got for the strikers and Rota Rovers. Very deserving of their spot in the grand final. Commanding performance tonight, and they have been along with Redlands United, the two best sides in this competition. And it's great to see them going head to head in the grand final next weekend. Yeah, fit, yeah, fitting that Rochdale as well. They put on a performance that you know, that matched their their season as well. Like it was it was shock and awe in the first in in the first thirty five minutes, uh, varying degrees as well. Like uh, Greg Cheshire's goal was an absolute beauty from from long range, all the way to the sublime where Marek Madley uh, pretty much tapped in after a mistake at the back to make it four. Um, Ole uh, Dinkakinde, you know, a regulation goal for him. And uh, Sam Rigard was Johnny on the spot uh, after Luke Borian, you know, made, made, a, made a good save that parried out. But, uh, yeah, look, look uh, Redlands, uh, Redlands-Rochdale grand final, I think, you know, of the first two games they played during the regular season were tight. This could be tight as well. But, uh, look, Ethan Grimley uh, got one, one back early. And um, in, in the second half, you thought maybe it's a run, but I think with Ethan Grimley, you think I don't, I don't know if he knows how to score a regulation goal in a striker's uh, shirt. He scored some spectacular he, goals, hasn't he? Particularly up in Magpies early in the year. And this and this goal was uh, was was up there with him. So it gave a little bit of spark um, just coming out of the second half. But look at the end day, Rochdale, uh, too strong. And as I said, it is the zone grand final between the, the top two teams all season in FQPL1. And you've got a bit of an update on something that came through last week, Adam? Yeah, as well. Uh, it seems that, no, uh, you can't count. 
<laughs> because so I've heard. Yeah, um, because uh, yeah, the gold, the golden boots, uh, the golden boot race. Uh, yeah, and I must say, friend of the show, Mark Madley, you dipped him a goal in your in your uh, house, and so he he actually finished as the equal golden boot uh, winner with uh, Gil Santana for Redland. So I think he might owe our friend Mr. Madley an apology. Yeah, I'm not good at maths and stuff. Who put me in charge of the math? That was a terrible, terrible idea. Sure, yes, last week I did say that um, Guy Santana was the winner of the FQP on goal move with 17 goals. Marek Medley is the joint winner on 17 goals, so congratulations to Marek, and I do apologise. For that, I will try and get my math better next season, and I'm sure we might catch up next. We'll have to see how things go. Yeah, so the match to the grand final is Rochdale Rovers and Redlands United. They have met twice this season. First of those meetings was in round four at the Cleveland Showgrounds. It was a 2-1 win for Rochdale. In that game, the aforementioned Mark Madley and Greg Cheshire, one of the 17 goals there for Mark in that one, a 2-1 win for Redlands in round four. Round 15, sorry, yeah, in round 15, it was a 2-1 um, win also for Rochdale Rovers over Redlands at the Underwood Park. Two goals from Alex Warlow in that one. So two wins out of two for Rochdale this year. Redlands did pip them to the premiership. This is going to be a fantastic matchup on Sunday, on Saturday night with Rochdale looking. They have got promotion, which has been their long-stated aim to get into the top tier of Queensland football once again. But I'm sure they would love a trophy at the end of it to have a, a fitting reward at the end of the season. I think it's going to be a, a fantastic matchup between these two sides. Redlands, of course, did win the NPL Grand Final a few years ago, so they're looking to continue on their winning tradition in Grand Finals. It's been a while, but this, could, this should be a fantastic matchup. Yeah, look, at the... the... The uh, earlier season uh, wins, uh, two two wins to Rochdale, uh, and they yet they didn't uh, they didn't uh, wind up with the um, with the premiership trophy. Look, I think there's going to be varying motivations here. Uh, you know, going into this final, I think Rochdale will want to prove that they really should have been the, uh, the premiers. Um, look, look at the end of the day, they they dropped a couple of games they probably shouldn't have, and they sort of you know in self reflection that that probably what's cost them. Um, that additional silverware, but I think they want to prove a point and so that they are the best team in FQPL1. On the other hand, I actually think that it might motivate Redlands to say, look, we've lost to Rochdale twice. That, uh, that a second trophy might go a long way to at least proving that they're the best in FQPL1. So, look, this, this is going to be, a, again, a fantastic grand final. It'll be, it'll be a good occasion. 5pm uh, kickoff on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, yeah, look... Uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a great great day of football. Uh, even even the even the two hundred twenty three games are going to be played early in the day, so it's a big it's going to be a long day for some. But uh, yeah, look, all four games um, on on Saturday, including the twenty three, I think they're going to have some some cracking games, and uh, this is going to be no exception. And both decide to score plenty of goals and like to play attacking football. So I I don't think this is going to be a um, dull one nil either. I think this is going to be a very attacking encounter. Speaking of attacking encounters. FQPL 2 Grand Final, Adam. First up, semi-final one on Saturday night. Albany Creek were at home to Wynnum Wolves, and Wynnum Wolves have come home with a late with the um the late run here in the FQPL 2 for mid-table at the back end of the year. They've got themselves into the top four, and their form now is as good as anyone. A 4-0 win over Albany Creek Excelsior. Two goals from Byron Rickard, one from Ren Yoshoka in that game there, Adam. They've been, those in particular, have been absolutely outstanding in the last six to eight weeks, and they combined to really tear Albany Creek apart, didn't they? Uh, they, they did. And, uh, yeah, look, they are 
probably the biggest threat to Surface Paradise doing the sweep this season. Their form has been sensational. Byron McLeod has been, you know, absolutely unbelievable in the second half of the season. You know, he just, you know, scoring goals for fun. Uh, Ren Yoshioka as well. You know, they're, they're a very, very dangerous. And, um, yeah, look, if there's, if there's one thing I'll say uh, about about their, sort of their run home uh, Wolves is that they probably, that probably they, their earlier season uh, sort of, you know, follies and, you know, so they, they're out of form very early on their slow start uh, probably did cost them really a realistic shot, at least of you know, getting second place. Obviously, Albany Creek had the, the um, wind in the bank and the points were there. Their form sort of slowly sort of, you know, slid away um, near the end of the season uh, as well. So, yeah, it, it is going to be, um, so they're, they're going to be a real threat. Absolutely. We've spoken in the past couple of weeks about teams like Brisbane City, Mitchelson, who had really tough years. Great to see those two sides have some success, something to celebrate. Same too with Wynnum Wolves. We know we saw the pictures of what happened at Wynnum Wolves, both with the flooding and also with the vandalism to the pitch. So it's great to see, given everything that they've been through down there at Tingalpa, that they're able to have an occasion on Saturday night where they can, can play for a trophy. Have they caught that dog yet? I would like to think they have. I hope so. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, look, uh, nice if, 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 that's, if that's a list of their problems, yeah, considering what uh, that, that club has gone through the last couple of years, you know what, they 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 are going really well. And they're, they're, like I said, another club that, you know, that they, they fell they fell to FQPL2 after a very, very underwhelming season. Our season, they've come roaring back, you know, pardon the pun, you know, into into FQPL next year with a promotion. And they have a shot at a uh, at a grand final trophy on um, Friday night. So your pun has been excusable. We'll move on to the second final from FQPL2, which was Surf Paris Apollo playing host to Sanford Rangers. A 2-0 win there. Um, Jack Perone with a spectacular first goal, actually, from a three ball over the top. A really great finish. Probably the best goal of the weekend. And then Sam King made it 2-0 in the 65th minute. So it was 2-1 for Surfs Paris. It was a very even game for a long period of time, but Surfs went bang, bang with a couple of goals in a few minutes. And as we've seen them do all year long, they've been the strongest team and they found a way once again against a really resilient Sanford side, but they just didn't have enough to be able to get themselves back into this game. Yeah, look. Uh, first, of all, I'll touch on Sanford. Um, look, they look. They were good today. Uh, like I said, they they they've probably been haunted by the memory last time they faced uh, Surface Paradise. They they slipped ten uh, over at Lex Bell. Obviously, semi finals, different different environment. They got they got a number of good players back for this. Uh, but look, champion teams. Uh, come as well, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. They they probably they probably would feel a little bit disappointed over at the Parklands um, as far as far as that they probably felt that they had promotion in sight as well. And they just let it slip again in, in certain games. But look, they, they've had a very, very good season. Fourth, a fourth place finish, um, certainly for that for that club, is certainly nothing to sneeze at. Um, they're, they're a club that have, you know, gone through gone through the grades over over the last of you know decade or so. And yeah, look, a fourth place finish against those clubs that you know, finished in front of them. Uh, look, that, that's nothing to sneeze at. But for Surface Paradise, their part, you know, two goals in five minutes, which decide this this semi final. Um, look, good sides do that. And look, I I will echo your thoughts. Uh, I thought that goal that uh, Jack Perone scored, um, and and that that long ball that uh, that Harry Saunders put over the top to find him for to, for, for the volley. That that was just you know, beautiful football. You you wouldn't believe that that's supposedly you know quite FQPL two. That's something you would see. That's something you see at a much higher level. Like you wouldn't see a better goal, at, you know, at the pro level 
yeah, at least in this country. So look, you know, look, that's like I said, that's that's one facet. But again, they um, they 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 were able to rest control that game on the hour mark. They got a second goal, made it safe. Uh, they and then they will go for the double on Friday night. But as I was sort of alluding before, uh, Wolves are going to be you know a big threat. It's a goal that would not be out of place in any league around the world, no doubt. But that was a spectacular finish from Jack Perrone. So the grand final will be South Wales Apollo against Wynnum Wolves Friday night, as you mentioned, at Parc de Paris. They haven't met twice this year. Um, for the Surface Paris won the first game by four goals to nil, all four goals scored by the Golden Boot winner, Teddy Watson. In that one, the second game was a 3-0 win at Carmichael Park. Teddy Watson on the score sheet again, along with Sam King and Bruno Rodriguez. So 7-0 on aggregate between these two sides this year. That does tell a story, but those two fixtures were a long time ago, and that was probably before Wynnum Wolves made started to make their late season run. So I think there's a bit of a false read in those in terms of the way that this game is going to go. But it is fair to say that Surface will start favourites in this matchup. So don't suppose Teddy Watson loves playing Wolves. But, I would have thought so. Yeah, he likes, look, against a lot, likes to play against a lot of teams in this league based on his goal-scoring record, but maybe winning Wolves is one of his favourites. Especially early, early in the season. Um, but uh, look, in all seriousness, uh, you're right. The, that, that, that form line's... You know, I only accept that your peril because as I said Wolves in the last couple of months have been, you know, red hot. And if if Surface Paradise go into this game, and look, I I have no doubts that Alex Morris will have have his side ready. But if there's any sort of lingering doubts about, oh, you know, we beat them, you know, like as you said, seven nil on aggregate across the uh, regular season. They, they could they could be in for a, a rude awakening come Friday night because uh, this will side are playing are playing a lot better football they're playing a lot more confidence yeah uh, and yeah look I think this is going to be a very very uh, good game I look I still think Surface Paradise start favourites uh, but certainly Wolves if they show up and produce the form they have for the last couple of months uh, look they they are certainly going to have their chances to perhaps win this. Win this and yeah, and, and sort of you know, really sort of put surface paradise aside, at least make them work for it. It would not be surprised if they make a spectacular contest out of it. So, speaking of FQP, before we move on to the women's game, Adam, you've done some research during the weekend to come up with the promoted sides into FQPL2 from the FQPL3 league. So, do you want to run us through those? Yeah, so obviously going out of uh, FQPL2 season are Krimmer Colts and uh, Virginia United. So coming up, uh, after uh, after there was a, a slight change, a variation in how the um, promotion goes from what they what they consider the Metro Community Leagues up into FQPL2, uh, it is going to be the two top two teams in FQPL3 Metro, which uh, is the Lakes and uh, St George Willowong. They will be, Metro is basically code for Brisbane, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the the Brisbane League top two teams. There they they uh, come up to uh, automatically promote to FQPL two. Join them will be the South Coast or the Gold Coast uh, Pre- Premiers uh, Broadbeach United, and there will be for the final spot there will be a playoff between the Darling Downs uh, Premiers uh, Willowburn FC, and they will take on. Uh, the Sunshine Coast Premier's Maruchidor, which will be a very, very interesting game for the final spot in um, FQPL2. And that's obviously subject to uh, Football Queensland's uh, uh, 
licensing agreements and uh, the compositional leagues, blah 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 blah. You know, that's that. But it is important. But uh, but yeah, uh, there there are certain, certain things. But all being well, they they they'll be uh, taking their part in FQPL two next season. So a really really uh, very different look look to FQPL two next season, and especially you know the inclusion of Broadbeach United and. Either either um, Willowburn or Moochdor are going to add some quality and a bit of and a bit of an X factor as well because we haven't seen too much at that level from um, th- those regions, especially especially Willowburn. We've always we've always said we know what Southwest Queensland Thunder uh, can produce locally, but uh, look, there's some decent players at, at Willowburn that you know haven't seen the exposure until now. So it's going to be interesting. Absolutely, only one team from the Darling Downs region in the top three leagues of Queensland and just two from the Sunshine Coast. Look forward to see who joins the ranks from FQPL 3 there. We'll move on now to the women's game. A couple of items to get through before we get to the cup final to round out the show. Adam, first up was the international game between Australia and Canada at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday, well, Saturday afternoon. Now, we'll go through this in more detail with our the national team special after the upcoming Socceroos game, but... It was a great atmosphere at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday afternoon. 25,000 fans there, and it was just great to see the national team back in, in Queensland and Brisbane once again. It was the perfect way to you know. I know we especially have championed sort of you know a cause about you know really you know, you know sort of expressing our displeasure that it's taken 1,280 days for the national team's return to to Brisbane and to come up with the second largest crowd uh, for a bilateral Matildas game. And I say that because we, you and I had an interesting discussion in the press box about what, what equates to be a record attendance. But I'll say that, you know, outside of a major tournament, uh, this is the second biggest crowd uh, yesterday. And look, it was good to see. And it's a very, very clear indication that the Brisbane football in public want to see more national team football. And the good news is that our one premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, was in the ground. So I'm sure she would have seen very, very quickly the enthusiasm that you know, the, this this uh, this footballing community has for having the national team uh, in in our city. And let's just hope there'll be more of it. And there will, there will be, you know, uh, the Matils definitely have one World Cup game up here, um, up here next uh, July. Here, here. It's great to see her there, and she's a fitting official, one of the official ambassadors now for the 2023 World Cup in Australia. So that's fantastic to see. In terms of, it was really well done because there was not many women's games on this week. It was a catch-up week. We'll get to the catch-up games in just a moment, but it allowed the play, uh, players to be able to to get out there on the on the afternoon. It certainly been a fantastic occasion of it. Um, Adriana Leon's goal, by the way, was absolutely superb. It was a mm. a worthy winner. But we'll go through that in more detail when we get to the game on the next edition of the full prison football review, we'll focus, however, Adam, on the couple of catch-up games in the FQ competition. The first of those was down on the Gold Coast today in the NPL women's competition. A 1-0 win for Gold Coast United over Moreton Bay United. Astin Nestbrook scored in the 91st minute to get the points for Gold Coast United, which were crucial for them, but probably more, more concerning for you, it did officially confirm Moreton Bay's relegation to FQPL1 on the women's side for next season. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's disappointing. But look, at the end of the day, I think their I think their fate was sealed probably a couple of weeks ago. This was a very 
very, very tough conditions that this was, this was played on in this afternoon. Um, and look, yeah, well done for Gold Coast United. They, 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 they need the, the draw was not going to uh, was not going to suit either side this afternoon because a draw probably would have cost Gold Coast United a home field advantage going into the finals in two weeks' time. Obviously, they've got one more game to go next week. But, um, but yeah, look, uh, Morton Bay need to win. They had some good chances. Sam Bambling came very, very close with about five minutes to go here on the underside of the bar. But, look, it wasn't there to be their day. It wasn't to be their season, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, Morton Bay United will be playing in FQPL1 women's uh, next season, which is unfortunate. But, uh, look, I know, obviously, everyone knows my my quote allegiances to Morton Bay. Uh, look, there, there are some fantastic young players coming through uh, in in the uh, junior girls. Something that the club does pride itself on. Not only the juniors, but especially on the girls' side of things. And look, maybe having a year or two in FQPL might, you know, might hasten the development of some of these 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 young players without being exposed to the blowtorches of juggernauts such as you know Lions and a few of these other big clubs. You know, I think you know they'll be back better than ever in a couple of years' time. And look, we've seen what the club can produce, you know, like the number of players have gone on to be, you know, professionals, you know, in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. So yeah, disappointing. It'd be disappointing day four, um, Morton Bay in their, in their girls program, the women's program. But look, I, I think it's a case of, you know, you might have to take one step forward to make two steps, one, one step back to make two steps forward, you know, in the future. Absolutely, I can't disagree with anything you said. The only thing I would add is for Gold Coast United, it puts them four points clear of Eastern Suburbs now with just one game to play. So that does ensure that Gold Coast United mm. will get that top two finish and will host a semi-final. Now, they haven't gone their way in the last couple of seasons. They've had two home semi-finals the last two seasons. haven't been able to get through to the grandfather. They will now get a third opportunity against somebody at home. It's to be determined whether it's East, South or Kapalabar, but the home semi-final gives them the best chance and that's why that goal in the 91st minute was so, so crucial for them this afternoon. Yeah, no, I said yeah, home field, especially especially if it tur- like the Gold Coast turns on another day like it did this afternoon. That That is very, very tricky conditions. The wind seemed to be absolutely howling um, from, I think it was from the, from the west. I'm just trying to remember my orientation of um, Coplex. but uh, called yeah, the southwest. Yeah, it was howling through and... Um, and yeah, that was very, very tricky conditions. So to get three points of that, four four points clear, they've got home field. Um, yeah, like I said, they'll give them the best chance to, you would think, meet uh, Lions in a grand final. We'll have to wait and see about that one. But in terms of the, the other catch-up game was an FQPL one. It was a 2-1 win for Mitchelton up on the range against South of Queensland Thunder. A late winner from the Golden Boot leader, Kaylee Pufori, got Mitchelton the points in that one. It extends their lead in second spot of the table, but they'd already skewered second and promotion anyway. So it was probably more, Adam, a case of getting a, a continuation of good form ahead of finals. Yeah, I think that would have been the main message from Tony Skinner to his side. Obviously, it's very, very handy when you you have sort of, I guess, the breathing room to, to bench a goal scorer that scored 38 goals a season. Um, look at that! I think that's actually that's actually a good thing that you know that she'll she'll get that K Pufro will get uh, got some you know time from the side and gives other players an opportunity because um, yeah I think it's more about ticking over now. I think uh, I think we all think that you know if they play to their form, play to their best, they would. Uh, it looks like that they will probably you know have a rematch against Potential Power. Although you know Potential Power need to get on their side. Drawn. I should have said that with. Um, 
Well, I, well, I sort of declared that it'll be a Lions Gold Coast United grand final in a couple of weeks' time. Lions still got to reach be it. Be careful about declaring things. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think we declared a couple of other results. Uh, we thought what well, we thought grand final looked like turned out nothing like that. So, yeah, we'll just be careful on that. But uh, yeah, certainly, I think I think for sides that definitely have wrapped up. Yeah, you know, promote their object of be promotion, be be silverware to see. I think it's a matter now of just ticking over, make sure you do the basically right because semi-finals, as we keep on saying, or at least I keep on saying, it is a new season. Anything can happen in those ninety minutes of a, of a sudden death semi-final. Absolutely, we've seen that this weekend. And speaking of sides who are ticking over quite nicely, Lions SC they made it back to back winners <laughs> in the Kappa Women's Super Cup final, four 0 winners over Southstone on Friday night. At a rainy Goodwin Park, two goals from Amy Gunston, one from Tegan Riding, and one from Cannon Cloth made it 3 0 at halftime, 4 0 not long after. And South, you know, they were competitive, but Lions always had them at arm's length in there. It was a pretty comfortable, dominant performance from a side who've won the last five trophies now in women's football here in Queensland. They've been the dominant force, and this was another outstanding exhibition of it from a, a side which has been absolutely outstanding to watch over the last three years. Look, I think it's it's a it is a joint pleasure to watch this side in operation. Look, you, it's just I don't you don't know sometimes how how this side just keeps motivated to keep winning. And this this is this is a very, very clinical win. It was look, if we're being realistic, this was over very, very quickly this this game. Um it wasn't gonna be like the seven one thrashing that last year's final game. Look, I think we deserve to give Souths um a bit more credit than that, but they they were really up against it. Um looking great congratulations to Dame Gunston. The uh, scored the most goals uh, in Kappa Cup finals with four now. She got a she got a brace in last year's uh, demolition. She got two more this. So uh, yeah, four goals for her. Uh, beat and has overtaken her former teammate Shay Connors as the most goals in uh, the Kappa Cup final. So this is why you should be on the math duty and not me. Nah, <laughs> I, I come up with useless facts all the time. Speaking of useless facts that people come with all the time, um, it's now been eight full games since Lions have conceded a goal against South Shinoi. That's just one of those yeah. remarkable things that just make no sense in terms of how that can happen. I and mean, we know Lions have been so dominant, but a record like that is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, that yeah. You, when you, tell, you, you came out that stat on Friday night. You t- told me about it. And it's like wow. Like so that that just shows you know the hold that. Yeah, you know, that Lions have got over South is that yeah to not concede a goal in I think that's nine games now. Um, yes, yeah, 2018 was the last time they conceded a goal and stretch nine games. That's just that's just um, phenomenal. It's an anomaly, but it's like I said, there's sort of facts you go well. It's a squad that as special as this Lions side are. You're gonna you're going to find some fun facts. I'm sure we'll find a few more fun facts over um, the next the next few weeks as they uh, march on to potentially a sixth uh, straight uh, piece of silverware in in uh, Queensland women's football. If we find any more fun facts, we'll bring them to you. But in the meantime, we'll bring an interview with the head coach of Lions. I see Rob Baskin. We'll call up with him after his side's 4-0 win in the Kappa Women's Super Cup Finals. That's what he already had to say. We'll be back right after this. I was with the coach of Lions, Rob Askey. Rob, winners here in the Capital Super Cup for the second year in a row. Congratulations. Thank you. It was a really good performance on your side from minute one in the game, really controlling the game, a lot of inter- interchanging of position. You must be really happy with the way the side performed out here on such a big occasion. I thought we played very well in the first half and um, started the second half well. I think the last 30 minutes was 
you know, not as good as we're used to. But I think maybe maybe we took our foot off the pedal and, and we did make four changes. Um, so maybe it took a bit of the wind out of our sails. But, you know, overall it was a good performance. Uh, Dick, this is Jay Heath. Do you think that played any impact in the game or have been a select conditions that players would have really enjoyed? Well, I think, this is, you know, for players, I would love to play in these conditions. It's cool and, you know, the ball moves quickly. The, the ground's certainly not waterlogged, but it's... You know, just it speeds the game up, and uh, if you are the type of team that plays that kind of football, you know where we want to play it on the ground and, and play the ball at speed, and where the ball we want it, the ball to get to where it's going quickly. I think I think it's great conditions. It's a fifth successive trophy win for the club. It's been a really remarkable couple of years for this club, hasn't it? In terms of the way to yeah. play on the field and also get the rewards for it at the end as well. Um, yeah, look, we it's very professional at Lions. You know, it's 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 all about the one percenters that we have that make the difference. The players are very committed. Players are very ambitious. You know, they want to they want to get better. They want to play at the next level. They all all have that ambition to play at the next level. So, I think um I think that drives the high standards. And um you know this they're keen keen to go on and get that that third trophy, get the grand final. But also to keep this undefeated run going, which is it, it's pretty special now. It is a very very long unbeaten run. You mentioned is that becoming almost something you're just trying to keep to put that to one side and not not talk about it, or is it something that is really motivating the group to keep it going? We don't have to consciously do that. No one no one talks about it. Everyone's aware of it, and, but we just want to win every game. And you know, if we do that, then we'll, we'll keep building on that record. And eventually, it's going to come to an end. But um, at the moment, I don't think I don't think it's putting any pressure on us at all. Hopefully not for a while yet. Just finally, you've got the game next week against Morton Bay. Is it about about resting and rotation for that game, or is that a really important game ahead of semi-finals in two weeks? We rotate our squad all the time, so um, and we'll do the same next weekend. And uh, every game is just a game of football. You know, I know that I don't want to take the romance out of finals, but the same stuff that wins season games wins finals. You know, um, maybe maybe you get a little bit more intensity from your opposition, but if you stick to stick to those the key things that win football matches you know it'll win football matches. so it doesn't matter who's out there as long as they're doing that job then they'll win they'll win the game thanks for working through the mark congratulations enjoy the win in the cup and good luck in the finals thank you and thank you to rob once again for his time out there on friday night at goodwin park as these celebrations were just about to get underway out there at Gironga. adam and it's a it's it's a great occasion at the cup it's the second one that we've had now here in queensland and it's a it's always it's been a great occasion in both top, both years and it's been a really a really good addition to the calendar here in Queensland, and hopefully we might be able to see the the men's equivalent, which is the Australia Cup qualifying, go through to a final and have a winner of a, a national of a, a statewide cup in, on the men's side as well, because they are it, it is a very significant piece of trophy that, of silverware that Lions have picked up, given that all everyone around the state has a chance to win it, and it's it's a wonderful opportunity for everyone, and they've been able to do it twice in a row, so hopefully we can see it replicated on the men's side as well. Look, I, I've got I've got two wishes that you know maybe people of importance you know in the sport might listen to, is one, and I absolutely agree with you that the that there needs to be a men's cup final that you know we we get down the last four in the um in the Australia Cup and look it's great that they go off and qualify for the for the um the national rounds as well but like most of the unlike most of the states we just stop. Well, I think that you know, if you had an occasion like a cup final occasion, you look at you look at who the teams are left in this year. You know, it, you know, it, it it would have been you know Magpies Crusaders. You know, it would have been uh, Magpies Crows, Peninsula Power, Brisbane City, and Logan. Like, but like I said, you know, the three, the, the all three of those would have been massive, outstanding semi-finals. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, and obviously, and then a final, which would have been an occasion. Uh, yeah, so I wish, I, I hope that, that we see that very soon. And the other thing I would love to see is on the back of the Kappa Women's Super Cup is that I hope what, that, you know, we see, you know, a, a, nation, a national women's uh, Australia Cup. You know, even if it's just the cup winners of, because we're not the only state that does it. You know, that the, the other federations, they, they have, have uh, women's cups as well. Because, like I said, I would love to see this Lions side, you know, take on, you know, some of the other you know, powerful club, women's clubs, you know, across the country. We all hear about, go, you know, call the United six-year unbeaten record in Victoria or whatever, whatever the hell it is. Um, like I said, I'd love It's an impressive I'd, unbeaten run, whatever it is. Absolutely. And this is no disrespect uh, to our Victorians. Usually our, our comments about Victoria is usually, is usually filled with disrespect. But, you know, you have to acknowledge, you know, a long streak like that. But look. I would back Lions women's team at the moment, you know, any day of the week, twice on Sundays, you know, to, to really probably fight. Same with, you know, the, the super side that they put together down in New South Wales at RPL Leichhardt, even though they finished third somehow. I don't know how that happened, but look, New South Wales in general. I, I'd, love, I'd love to see it because I think, you know, while it's fun and great that, you know, Lions are you know, 54, you know, unbeaten in, in you know, league and cup and all that, I'd love to see him be, you know, be challenged, you know, again and take to the next level. I think that would be a mark. Just they're, they're, they're two wishes I have, you know, as far as cup football, you know, at at the moment, you know, a men's a Queensland men's cup final, and also as well a national women's cup. Talking about legacy from 2022, that would be a fantastic one to have. You mentioned a couple of sides: Calder Lions, um, Sydney Uni. I think did win the league yeah. down in in, yep. in New South Wales. RP Leichhardt as well. A lot of lot of great good players. They're also teams in. South Australia, like Adelaide City and Fulham United are very yeah. strong down there. So there's plenty of great examples out there nationwide. You could easily put together a strong competition of teams nationwide that would be a fantastic watch and something which could be equally as good as the Australia Cup on the men's side. So I do echo that and, ho- and hopefully we don't have to wait too long before we see it. And, ho- and hopefully before the NPL women's uh, in Victoria don't figure out how to do the, what the men do and buy all our players. Don't be giving people ideas. Yeah, I know. Before we give people any ideas along the lines, we'll wrap the show up with our performer of the week. Adam, what do you got for us this week? I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this one. Don't let me down. Nah, yeah, unfortunately, it's been some, some uh, great performances, some great goals, but I cannot go past uh, my man, Zach Kipal, game-winning goal to put Olympic through to a fifth grand final. And as I said earlier in the show, he, he has arrived as a, as a player, as a top striker in this league based on you know that moment. So, yeah, congratulations to him. I had the chance to actually congratulate him personally last night on that. Um, and, look, I mean, everywhere I say that, you know, he is a great young talent and he, I think, he arrived as a player uh, last night. As we did see him on our way out of the ground, and congratulations to Zach once again. It was an absolutely outstanding strike and I'm sure you'll take a lot of confidence from that looking ahead now to get a big winner like that against a team like Lions. Looking ahead to next week, I'm sure you'll take the confidence from that. And for my form of the week, I thought about changing my pick to Jack Perrone for his outstanding goal, but I'm sticking with Shannon Brady. His impact for Olympic in the front third, his runs in behind a goal and a couple of assists, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And his your point, he's had a brilliant season, and I thought he was a huge part of Olympic's win on Saturday night. Yeah, I think a, a number of um, Olympics key men. I think they are starting to, after sort of you know, disappointing, you know, last month or so, they are really starting to, you know, warm up. And look, 
I think this is, like I said, I can't wait till Saturday night. I think this is going to be a fitting finale to what has been a, a great season. I know very disruptive with, you know, a number of things that, ha- that has gone on, you know, you know, especially with the weather. But uh, look, I, I can't wait to the grand final on Sunday on Saturday night. And uh, yeah, and sort of you know, wrap up the, these men's season. I think all three games I, I look forward to. I think uh, it's, it's going to be outstanding weekend of football. Absolutely. Best of luck up. to all. Best of luck to all six sides remaining in the men's competitions, MPL and FQPL, in their grand finals next weekend, as well as the final round for the MPL yeah. and FQPL women's as well. We're about to recap all that action for you next week. For now, we'll talk to you later.